Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to show number 342 from Engage for Success, uh, our weekly podcast where we shine a light on good practice and raise awareness of employee engagement. And this week, we're going to be talking about mentoring uh, and the impact that it can have on employee engagement. And to help us explore the topic, I'm very pleased to welcome this week's guest, Ed Johnson. Ed is CEO and co-founder of an organization called Pushfar. And mentoring is his passion, as I'm sure will become clear in the next half hour. So welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you very much, Joe. It's uh, brilliant to be on here. Thank you. No, it's it's a pleasure to have you. And uh, we've been uh, we've we've been running this show now. We're in our in our seventh year. So as I say, show number three hundred and forty-two. Um, and uh, I think um, who would have who could have known when we started it that um, we would be in the situation we are at the moment, where virtually everything is being delivered either through um, virtual media of some sort rather than face-to-face meetings and face-to-face workshops and all the rest of it and I'm guessing that that's had a bit of an impact upon the whole uh, topic of mentoring um, I guess because one imagines when when you think about it that it, it's uh, a, a cozy arm put around somebody and given a little bit of sort of physical encouragement and mental encouragement to to do better but I'm sure you're going to tell me that that mentoring is is much more than that and uh, uh, and look forward to talking about it with you in the next sort of half an hour. So before we do that, though, just, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background, Ed? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background is uh, very much digital uh, combined with marketing. So so both digital marketing and then also online sort of business development as well. Um, mm-hmm. So started by working for a quite a small startup company that was was scaling up um, mm-hmm. and uh, then moved from there to Oracle. So from one end of the company side to another, so Oracle has 130,000 yeah. employees. Um, yeah. And then sort of moved sideways to a few different agencies and companies, uh, including sort of Zoopla, where I was doing mm-hmm. digital marketing. Um, so that's my background in a nutshell. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then, then set up Pushfar a couple of years ago. Right, right. So, so what what prompted that then? Was was what what came first, the digital solution? Because Pushfar is a is a is a digital mentoring platform. What what came first, the, the platform yeah. or the mentoring? You know, what what drove what? Well, it, it was. Uh, I've always been really uh, interested in online platforms and digital connectivity, and so mm-hmm. I always knew that I wanted to kind of look at setting up a business that that. Uh, went along that route Um, and Mm. then it was a case of uh, looking for a mentor really struggling to find one expecting actually there to be something out there to help connect mentors and and mentees together finding Mm. there wasn't and then thinking Mm. well my background is in digital I have the experience Mm. to be able to set something like this up Um, and I think there's a real need for it because if there was on a personal level so um, uh, so that's that's what led me to setting up Pushbar. Okay, so you you felt you couldn't be the only one who was out there looking for looking for somebody to support you, and you were quite surprised then yeah. to find that there wasn't a wasn't a solution or a platform in a digital one that that actually that actually sort of delivered. I remember years ago, yeah. um, 
so I, I run my own advertising agency. We were members of the IPA, which is the Institute of Practitioners in Advertising, and they ran a, a mentoring program for their membership. So they would in, they would sort of act acting almost like a kind of dating agency, if you like. You know, they would introduce mentors to mentees and and vice versa, and match match people. And that was very much within a particular specialist profession. And I'm I'm yeah. imagining that historically that that was possibly the way things were often done was, was would that be would that be right it, it was yes absolutely so um it was very much about uh being able to access certain mentoring programs as you say that are very much specific to um an industry or an organization um mm. but actually the issue around that was that they were often very manual processes so the matching mm-hmm. was done manually with excel spreadsheets or or even less technology than that um, yeah. and then trying to keep track of it all was all, always a bit of a nightmare too so there were lots right. of issues that were coming out of those programs and mm. then the other thing was if you weren't part of a large organization that ran those programs um, mm. or you didn't you hadn't gone to university I, I didn't go to university so I didn't have the alumni network to go back to or anything else like that actually where mm. did an individual go um, mm. so that, that that led to me setting up Pushfire initially as very much an open network for mentors and mentees mm-hmm. everywhere um, mm-hmm. and then swiftly I found that there was issue, there was the other issue which which I mentioned which is there's a manual process around managing mentoring schemes um, mm. and you know they're obviously hugely beneficial to both individuals and organizations but actually um, setting them up and managing them and reporting on them is all a very very manual process Okay, and and I guess it also can often be quite quite localized within perhaps and and a bit ad hoc sometimes. Just when I say localized, I mean localized perhaps within Mm. within a company or within an organisation. And and of course, then you 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 miss the benefit then of the experience from outside your sector and that sort of cross fertilisation of thinking that maybe can be very valuable. Definitely, yeah. You, you can easily get sort of trapped in that bubble of being mentored by someone else, you know, mm. within your sector, and, and as you say, localized mentoring. But actually, um, having a mentor that's maybe in a different industry or different sector, or um, even sort of different country and things like that, can all add massive mm. value. Yeah. 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 So, so we we can't really. Um, spend half an hour talking in a in a bubble um um, excluding what's going on in the outside world and obviously at the moment we are um wherever we're listening to the show by and large in some kind of lockdown some at some point within a lockdown scenario as a result of the coronavirus so um let's just talk about that to begin with um what what's what do you think the impact of that and the fact that there's so much now remote working going on, working from home. What, how's that going to change the future landscape for mentoring, do you think, Ed? I think uh, from conversations I've had with others as well, I think mentoring is certainly more important than ever before. I think there's a real uh, sort of issue that's coming out in terms of, and, and this was highlighted obviously a few years ago, rightly so, but that, you know, around mental health and well-being. But it's been mm-hmm. even more impacted, I think, by this remote working and, and obviously the lockdown and everything else. And actually being able to uh, approach and speak with a mentor on a regular basis for that support, uh, that career mm-hmm. support, I think is really, really valuable. And I just I think that's going to only increase as time goes on. Um, mm-hmm. I think that 
is in general the case. And then there are going to be pockets of activity or, or, or scenarios where actually it's even more important. So obviously we know that a lot of people have been furloughed. Some people have lost their jobs as a result of this. Um, you know, in those cases in particular, mentoring is even more valuable because it's all about career development, looking at, you know, the next chapter of one's life and whether one changes industry or, you know, looks for the next mm -hmm. role or gets back into work. Mentoring and having a mentor who can really guide you through that and someone who's got the experience and has maybe been through, um, uh, obviously, there's nothing that's been quite like this in the past, but certainly yeah. recessions and things in the past. Actually, yeah. getting through those and dealing with those and dealing with redundancy and everything else. If if you've got a mentor who's done that, that can really help you and and can really guide you in 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 your next steps. And and yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So I think it's really valuable in those it's, instances as well. Right, right. And um, just tell me, just give us a little bit of a definition, if you would, Ed. Um, mentoring and coaching are they one and the same thing or are they a very different proposition that's a great question and it's one that i've had so many different responses to so we define at push bar we define mentoring as an individual sharing their knowledge skills or experience and or experience with another individual to help them to develop their career um, mm -hmm. so it's very broad um, typically coaching is more um, about sort of set agendas and set objectives over a shorter period of time and they may not necessarily be experience led so someone mm -hmm. may be coaching you but haven't been through that experience themselves um, whereas mentoring is more about the experience side of things um, right. and it's more about a longer term relationship a longer term uh, working relationship between a mentor and a mentee whereas a coaching mm -hmm. coaching can be longer term as well but it's more it's typically shorter term and it's more about mm -hmm helping the individual to get through something without necessarily the experience of the other person. Right, right, right. Okay, understood. So so are you seeing um an increasing uptake of mentoring schemes? Is it is it something that is, mm. is growing? And, and and if if that's the case, why do you think that is? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it's certainly on the increase. It, it was on the increase before obviously the current climate and, and and COVID-19, but it's it's mm. been on the I would say even more in the last few weeks. I think um, we're we're seeing organisations more and more um, looking at how they can improve um, employee engagement and, and employee retention. And obviously, employee retention is on the average uh, the average employee retention is decreasing uh, year mm. on year, pretty much. Um, and so, organisations are looking at lots of different ways in which they can tackle that. Um, and I think mentoring is certainly seen as one of those ways. Um, I think the reason for that uh, is because when you look at um, an organization and, and the way in which most organizations are structured, you will get, and this goes back to what you said earlier, sort of pockets of activity and bubbles within departments. And actually, if you can break down those barriers between departments um, and have a mentor from a different department or something else, that opens up the idea of actually staying in an organization longer term and seeing what else is out there in, in within the business. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, and then I think uh, what we're seeing is younger, uh, the younger generation sort of coming into the workforce, they see, and I don't know why this is necessarily, but they see mentoring as one of those really important things. Um, and I think it's partly because 
uh, it's sort of come over as a trend from the US. There have been lots of celebrities in the past sort of three or four years talking about mentoring really interestingly. Um, and the US seems to be further ahead than the UK in terms of mentoring, which is also yeah. quite an interesting Interesting. So when you when you say that Ed, when you talk about celebrities, do you mean do you mean outside of the sort of business and commercial world? Do you mean people yeah. who might be in in um, I know you know film and entertainment that you know what we think of as typical celebrity world? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there are some famous quotes from some, from some pretty, pretty big celebrities out there, um, sort of actors and, and uh, people like Oprah Winfrey um, mm-hmm. and um, Lady Gaga and various other celebrities, mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper, talking about talking on record in interviews about mentors and how they've helped them and, and mm. being mentors themselves. So I think for the yeah. younger generation coming up, Seeing that people have done that to succeed across the board, whatever the industry, yeah. whether it is in entertainment or in business, and there are obviously cases in business with you know the likes of Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs talking about mentoring too. It's really yeah. put more of an emphasis on it, um, which okay. is a good thing. Interesting. Yeah, so it's almost becomes. I mean, has it almost become a bit of a mandatory? You know, you've got to have your LinkedIn profile, or you've got to have your Instagram account, and you've got to have your mentor. Definitely. I think I think a lot of people look at it like that now. So it's very much okay. you know, who's supporting you, who's helping you to get to the next level in your career. And I think the younger mm-hmm. generation as well, um, rightly so, are, are very kind of ambitious about their careers and, and want to be as proactive as they can. And that's I suppose that's partly why there's a bit more employee, uh, a bit more of an issue with employee retention and a bit more churn because people are always looking for the next step up. And I think mm. as part of that, mentoring is seen as a really key element to that. So who is your mentor? How are they helping? What's their experience? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, people often talk yeah. about millennials or Gen Y as being um, uh, as, as moving jobs frequently and not staying places terribly long. And um, interesting, I, I kind of tend to look at it from the, the other side and say, actually, it's not that they wish to move on. It's just but that they are ambitious for their careers. And if they, mm. they don't see their career development or the clear career path or if they don't believe they're getting the support and, and, and learning and professional development that they need to develop then they will go somewhere else to get it um, and that's what the figures show more than anything um, so it is it is quite interesting it sort of chimes with what you're saying so Ed, does it, does it start, where does it start does it start with the um, mentee deciding they need a mentor or does it start with an organisation or company or employer deciding that an individual needs a mentor to help them? Uh, that's a great question. I think it has to be a combination of the two. I think on for an individual to decide they want a mentor, I think that's great. Um, they then mm. need to obviously have the resources available to be able to make that happen. And so in order to make that happen, I think there needs to be a certain level of support from the organisation. Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I think there are some cases when individuals may not know that they need a mentee uh, to be mentored and may not mm-hmm. even know really what mentoring is um, mm. and may need that sort of gentle push. So I think it's a combination of organizations mm-hmm. ensuring that they've got the support in place to enable mentoring to happen um, mm. and, and spreading awareness around what mentoring is and the values of it on both sides, mm. both as a mentor and a mentee. Um, mm. Uh, but then also the individual has to be then engaged enough to want that to, to for it to succeed. And I think the interesting thing 
certainly I've seen in the last few years with mentoring is that a lot of organizations will have some sort of a mentoring scheme, but typically it will be closed off to, and it'll, it'll be sort of looking at top talent or the people that sort of are deemed to need it most and that are struggling most. And that really misses the kind of 90% in the middle um, who can actually really benefit from it the most. So making mentoring schemes as accessible as possible within an organization is, is really valuable. Yeah. Does it does it always cost real money or is it more about, can it sometimes be about time and investment of time rather than cold hard cash? Setting up a scheme, you mean? Hmm. Yeah. Or, for, yeah, or getting, and, getting a mentor, you know, if I, if I decide I want one, do I, you know, I mean, is there a sort of reciprocity to it that a mentor might also be a mentee? Yeah, absolutely. So it's certainly not, I wouldn't say it's about like the cash side of things at all. I would say it's about the time that people put in. I think there are a lot of voluntary mm-hmm. mentors and mentees out there. And that's certainly mm-hmm. the case on our open platform where we've got just over 20,000 people now voluntarily mentoring and being mentored and finding mentoring matches. Oh, really? okay. um, so it's very much on a kind of voluntary basis. I suppose that's mm. probably one of the other differences from mentoring and coaching. Um, mm. And then within the organizations as well, it is, it's, you know, obviously it's a, it's about the time rather than the money. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's about employees dedicating time as mentors to more junior members of staff or even more senior members of staff, but in different industries or different mm. sectors of the business. Um, it's, mm. a, it's a certainly time investment, um, but mm. it's a time investment that if both parties are engaged with can be hugely beneficial to both the mentor and the mentee. So, so um, obviously a, a, a mentee is on the receiving end, needs to be prepared yeah. to invest some time. Um, what, else, what else makes for a good uh, candidate mentee then, Ed? I think uh, to a large extent it's having a clear vision of, of what they want to achieve. I think mm. a lot of people like the idea of having a mentor, but then actually the reality is, well, what, why do you want a mentor? You know, what what is it that you want to be mentored on? Um, and that that can be quite a general thing. It can be career development. That that's okay. But it's then about setting those goals and those targets for between each monthly mentoring meeting to ensure that actually mm-hmm. you are getting the most out of that as a mentee. Um, mm-hmm. I think the other thing when it comes to mentoring is that you've got to be clear as to what your mentor is bringing to the table and what experience they have. Mm-hmm to utilize that as effectively as possible because if a mentor is giving up an hour of their time each month to help you as a mentee um, then you you really need to make the most of that time and ask the right questions and 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 then as you say put the time in both in the mentoring meetings but also setting goals in between those and working towards your objectives right right so is that is that does that is that roughly the sort of shape that the kind of relationship often takes you know there's a sort of set hour a month uh, of mutual time and then stuff that goes on in, around that yeah typically I mean best best practice sort of or, or standard practice seems to be that you would have uh, typically start with sort of a six-month mentoring relationship meeting mm. once a month that's sort of what we would recommend and that's a good mm. that's a good place to start um, but obviously making sure that in the initial meeting you're setting the expectations you're talking about how often you're having meetings because for some relationships mentoring relationships it may be to get them over a certain hurdle it may be to do mm-hmm. with um, you know climbing the career ladder and getting to that next job so it may be more beneficial to actually have three months worth of mentoring but meet every couple of weeks if it's sort of right. time sensitive 
Um, but, but ultimately, the great thing about mentoring is that it is really flexible. There are no set rules. So actually, it's between you and your mentor um, or your mentee to, to work out what works best for you both. Um, mm. And, mm. and then, you know, and try and give it some structure, of course, to so try and look at meeting on a regular basis and setting goals in between that. Um, yes. But, yeah, typically we're seeing six-month relationships with, with monthly meetings. Yes. And at the moment, obviously not being able to meet on a regular basis, literally, um, but to yep. do that in a, in a virtual environment. And so what, what makes a good mentor yep. on the other side of the coin? I think good mentors obviously have to have the experience. They've got to have some interpersonal skills. But I think what's, mm-hmm. what's also great about mentoring is when you start mentoring someone, you'll, you'll automatically you know, be improving your interpersonal skills without even realizing it sometimes. And that's one of the benefits to being a mentor is that that is something that will come and you will, you will, that will develop. Um, mm-hmm. Being a great listener is really important as a mentor, uh, being able to listen to someone and not always jumping in with the solution, um, but actually trying to help the mentee to figure that solution out on their own um, is really powerful because at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're there as a mentor to help them to develop their career, not to give them the answers, but actually to help yes. them to try and figure it out in their and I think one of the dangers with mentoring can be um, to create a kind of mini me version of oneself as a mentor <laughs> and say, this is, right. how, this is how I've done it. So this is how you should do it. Um, but actually, yeah. that's not mentoring. It's, it's helping someone find the, uh, find the route to the solution rather than giving them the solution. Telling them what the, what the solution is. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, actually, it's funny. You should, it's very timely that you tell me this because I've, I'm just kind of taking that very much on board. I've got a telephone call tomorrow with somebody that I've known for years who has, is, is in a sim, runs, a, runs their own agency. And um, I haven't spoken to them for ages and ages. And they got in touch with me last week and asked if um, I could spare some time to give them some advice and guidance about the challenge that they are currently facing that they think uh-huh. that I've I might have some real um, experience and insight that they could find useful. So I shall, I shall try very hard Ed, to listen and not jump in with a cookie cutter solution and uh, try and help them find their way. So I will ask lots of questions Brilliant. and I will listen very, very hard. So I will try and be a good mentor, even if it's, um, even if it's in, an, in an informal way. <laughs> um, Fantastic. So, so what, what what could go wrong when it you know what 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 could get in the way of it working well what or what what are the things that people the big mistakes that get made that that stuff it up hmm. yeah i think the, the the big ones tend to be sort of overstepping the mark i think um uh, it, it's easy to do when you build a, a a sort of professional relationship it can overstep and get into the more personal particularly when you're talking to a mentor about you know things that do affect personal and professional life um Mm. and it's it's you know it's okay to a certain extent to be sort of blurring those those lines because that is how you form relationships and 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 trust is built but i think there are certain red flags that that can come in there and it's it's making sure that you know what those are. You know what the company's expectations. If it's in a company that you're mentoring, you know what the company's expectations are. You know when yeah. to direct people from you to um, HR or to your people team to kind of step in. And um, I think the other thing is confidentiality. So it's really important that the mentor and the mentee can trust each other on a, on a confidential level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so making sure that that's 
that's sorted up front because I think that can be one of the dangers. And, and one of the concerns certainly is that if you have a mentor and a manager, there can sometimes be conflict of interest there. So it's making sure there are clear definitions of what your manager is there for and, and yes. what they're there to do to help you and what your mentor is there to do and, and their help they're they're there to help you with your career progression. I mean a manager mm. can do that sometimes, but it's it's making sure it's clearly defined that there isn't a conflict of interest there. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. So, so I think that's really important. I think the other thing that can go wrong is that mentees can sometimes have false expectations. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I've heard of examples where mentees think that just because their mentor, you know, is there that they they become their their sponsor too much and they end up trying to push them to the right roles and get them job okay. promotions and things. And, and yeah. they're the ones doing all the work. And I think actually that's not good for either per, either individual it's not helping the mentee mm. to really develop themselves um, mm. if the mentor is doing all the work mm. yes quite so <laughs> in your experience is it is it i suppose there's two halves to this question ed one is in your experience do most mentorship relationships take place within the same organization in other words the mentee is is working in the same company as the mentor and if that is the case, is that actually the best way or is it better when the relationship is, is a, not cross-functional, but, you know, cross outside of the organisation? Hmm. I, I think to answer the first question, typically that's how mentoring relationships have been formed in the past, hmm. is internal in organisations. Um, there are obviously cases where... So the CPD, um, the CIPD, for example, they have a mentoring scheme, and that's obviously people from different organisations. And then the yeah. Institute of Directors runs a mentoring scheme as well, and various other yeah. institutes run them for their industries. Um, yeah. But when we're talking about organisations, it's typical, typically uh, internal mentoring. Um, uh, the the second part I would say to that is that. The benefit, there are benefits to that, of course. So um, if you're new to a company, having a mentor within the company can really help you navigate your way through it, um, mm. and challenges and the specific things around the company. Um, but actually, there is the risk of you getting into a bubble and not knowing what is going on within the industry externally to your organization. So I yes. think it really depends. I suppose it really depends what your objectives are for having that mentoring relationship. I think external mentoring relationships are really, really valuable because they can unlock other opportunities. They can get you thinking more about sort of the blue sky thinking and what else is out there and what else is happening. Um, So I think that can be really valuable. Um, But at the same time, of course, it can be valuable internally. One One of the sort of midway points, I suppose, is making sure that you've got a mentor who's in your organization, but is in a different department. Um, yes, of course. Mm. Uh, because that, that can be a really good, as I said earlier, way of breaking down barriers between departments um, yeah. and also uh, unlocking channels of communication, which can mm-hmm. ultimately help with engagement and everything, but um, mm. but also can, can, to a certain extent, get you out of your bubble within the company. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've got just, yeah. just a couple of minutes left. Um, so if people have listened to this and they thought, actually, I could do with having a mentor i can see some value in this or equally um actually i'd i'd like to get involved in being a mentor how, how do people get started how would you know what, what's the process that one would go through 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think uh, the first thing is to work out why you want to either be a mentor or a mentee. And of course, there are lots of fantastic values and benefits to it, but it's working out why. And then uh, really, it's about then finding those right matches. And of course, Pushvar has an open network, which anyone can join free. Um, mm -hmm. We've got as okay. I say, an open platform where you can sign up at pushvar.com. Um, or if right. you're part of an organization that runs an internal scheme, have a word with your HR or learning and development team and, and ask them about how you can get involved. Um, mm. and, and how you can find a mentor or a mentee within your organization. And mm -hmm. then once you sort of engage on that level, um, look through mentoring guidelines. Again, we've got some on Pushfar, but there are lots out there. You can type in sort of mentoring guidelines and best practice. Um, mm -hmm. Really understand that, that practice. Um, and then start forming those mentoring relationships. So start with an introductory meeting. In that meeting, set the expectations, work out whether you're a good match for each other, whether you've got the right experience or the, the individual mentoring you has the right experience. Um, mm -hmm. And then really just, just get started. Start having, start having regular meetings, start setting goals, start working towards um, what you want to achieve. Um, and uh, make sure you keep that frequency up in terms of how often you're meeting. Right. right. And, and do you find that people... Um, who've been a mentee um, as they develop in their careers, as they become grand seasoned um, corporate citizens, they then become mentors. Is, it, is there a bit of a quid pro quo of, you know, giving something back? Yeah, definitely. And I think that works really nicely. I think that sort of cyclical approach of being both a mentor and a mentee is a really nice one. Uh, mm -hmm. I know lots of people who are both mentors and mentees um, and get a lot of value out of both sides of things. And I think sometimes people forget the value of being a mentor too um, and sort of instilling and reminding people what they should be doing on a daily basis as well. So, yeah, if you can be both a mentor and a mentee and you feel you've got the right experience, but you could also value having a mentor too, then, then I would definitely encourage you to look at doing both. Right. Okay. No, it sounds uh, it sounds fascinating, and I suppose um, we're all agog to know whether you still have a mentor, Ed. But uh, I fear we've run out of time for that, for that question to be asked. <laughs> we do. Excellent. So um, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you very much, um, Ed, CEO and co-founder of Pushfar. Uh, Pushfar.com. I think you said, didn't you? Um, yeah. Uh, if people want to find out more, thank you very much for joining us, Ed Johnson, and thank you for thank listening. You. And good night. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.